so uh, let's just stay hooked. Keith is in Samoa. Yeah, we talked yesterday, and uh, things are going really well already. Um, he said things are just beautiful down there. He said, Phil, this is a long way from anywhere. And it is. It's a long way from anywhere. But it's really early in the morning. It's probably like uh, 6 o'clock there on Monday morning. So he'll be teaching class in a couple of hours. And uh, they'll have classes all week long. And then they'll have a, a graduation Friday night. So uh, um, they are really looking forward to it. It's going to be a great, great week. And um, he says it's just a, a lot of people hungry for God there. He said it's a, a lot of Christian people there. He said it's, it's one of the, and, and some of you may not understand this, but we've traveled a lot. And he said, Phil, when we came into the country, uh, which I'll tell you just a second about, he said, they make you sign this thing and hand this thing that um, it, it's so many beaches and stuff around here. They say, uh, you can't go on the beach topless. You can't do this. You can't do that. You can't go into town with your swimsuit on. You can't just real, you know, laid out rules about what you can do about uh, your clothing. Maybe we should. No nude sunbathing. Just all sorts of stuff. He said he said it was quite neat, you know. Well, it's always a joke with us. You may not uh, find it too funny, but when we were traveling with Brother Hagen, um, one time Keith went for a walk on the beach, you know, and uh, when he was walking, he wound up on this men's nude beach. <laughs> Don't tell him I told you. Brother Hagen thought that was the funniest thing because he went back and he told him about it. And every time we'd pass that site on the road, he'd say, Brother Keith, you want, we want, you want to just drop me off right here? <laughs> he would just laugh and pat his leg just like that. And he'd just laugh. And he thought it was because Keith came back, and I think his, we were all three sitting there, and he, his face was just white. He said, I think I walked too far. <laughs> and it was quite funny. So, but anyway... Um, he is, he's already, you know, blessed to be there. You know, he, t he was telling me about the trip a little bit. And um, he said when he got to the airport here, he said he was doing real good. And, and uh, uh, he got out of the car and he opened his mouth. And people started saying, I know you. As soon as he opened his mouth, he, sa he said, people said, I see you on TV. But they didn't know it till he opened his mouth. And it gives him away. And so he didn't have to go through the thing and take off his shoes. He didn't have to do any of that stuff. They just walked him right straight through and, and sat him in his seat and stuff. He said, and then we got there to Samoa. Everybody else had to go through customs, and they just walked him in this room and sat him down while they checked all his stuff. And he said it was just a real blessing. He said it was a real easy, easy trip for him. So that's the favor of God, isn't it? The real favor of God. And then also, I don't think they announced it, but they are having youth this afternoon. Is that correct? Yes. Ha and so if you have a youth, bring them. Or you know someone that's in um, from 13 years old till high school is over or they graduated, um, bring them to youth. You know, youth is vital in their life. Whether you think it is or not, it's vital in their life because they need to be around the Word and understand how to put those things to practice for themselves. Just because mom and daddy said it don't mean anything to them. they got to understand it for themselves. So do that if you would. Well, are you ready to get started? Yes. Can you figure out the sermon? Y'all want to preach it? 
Oh, well, I'd let you. Okay, well, we're just going to get right into it. Uh, first off, I want to thank Dave, wherever he went, for helping me and Rob and all the guys. Dave worked hours stapling all my things on these little things you're going to see. And I think some of you got them yesterday, and I sent him on an errand. And uh, he found it, all the stuff, and Rob got the doors and stuff for me. So thanks, guys, because they don't ever know what I'm going to do. And like the last time we had those mustard seeds, the guys had to work all day Saturday putting those little mustard seeds in those little Ziploc bags, you know. So uh, you never know what the Lord's going to tell me to do. And I said, I, I need to do this, but I, it's just going to be so hard. And so he just starts working, you know. So uh, I'm thankful for the people that we have. I don't ever take them for granted. Thank you, Lord, for them. Well, anyway, Deuteronomy. do 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 You ever heard that song, Lynn Mink? do 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 deuteronomy No? It's a good song. It's a good song. Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19. If you don't have this marked in your Bible, get you a marker and highlight it, star it. And like Brother Hagin used to tell us, if you can't mark in that Bible, throw it away and go get you one you can. Get you one that you can. Deuteronomy, King James Version, verse 19. It says... I call heaven and earth to record this day against you that I have set before you life, you see it, and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, read the next words with me. He gives you the answer. It's an open book test. Choose life. Choose life. I'm echoing pretty good in here, so maybe we can... My voice, I don't even need a microphone. The only reason I wear one is because they want to record it. So you can, yeah. Um, I'm loud. Um, So uh, choose life. He gives us the answer. This is what we're supposed to choose, life. Okay? It says that thou mayest... Choose life that both thou and thy seed may live. That thou mayest love the Lord thy God and that thou mayest obey his voice and that thou mayest cleave unto him for he is thy life. So how many of you in here want to choose life over death? Now let's see. That's not all the hands. Everybody didn't raise their hands. So some of you want to choose death, I presume. Let's try that one more time. Okay, people on the Internet, people in Branson, put Branson on the screen. I want to see everybody's hand. How many of you in here would choose life over death right now? I'm talking about life and death in your current life. I'm not talking about you dying and going to heaven. Life in this life. Death in this life. Raise your hand up high. Branson, are they on the screen? Are they raising their hand? Wave them in Branson so we can see some action there. There you go. We can see it now. Can we hear them? Are y'all, y'all want to choose life? Say life if you do. Yeah, okay. All right. Got it. Got it. Yeah, they want life. Okay. So let's look at Genesis 8.22. While the earth remains, how long is that going to be? While the earth remains, is the earth still remaining now? Where do we live? 
on earth. Okay. I just want to make that real clear. Where, where are you living now? Everybody in here living on the earth or some of you is pretty spacey? Are you living on another planet? Some people I talk to sometimes I think it's pretty spacey. I think they're from another planet, outer space somewhere. But everybody in here from planet earth, right? We don't have any aliens in here, right? Okay. As long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest. Cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night shall not cease. So there's always going to be seed time and harvest. Don't forget these two things that we've talked about as we go on to this next. And it's going to all start pulling together for you. Luke 6.30 in the NIV. Give to everyone who asks you. And if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. Now, immediately, people think of, if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. Most people, I won't say everyone, but most people think of, if they take your money, or if they break in your house and they steal your stereo, or if they take something off your desk, or if they take your car, or if they take your this. But it didn't say that. It said, if they take anything that belongs to you, do not demand it back. So that also would mean your respect. It would also mean your dignity. It would also mean your place. It would also mean anything that they can take from you, you are not to what? Demand it back. If they can take it from you, in any way, we are not to do what? Demand it back. Demand it back. Anybody in here ever had anything taken from them? Yeah. What's the first thing you want to do when somebody takes something from you? Get Go get it. Take it back. It's human nature. If somebody takes something from you, what do you want to do? Get it back. Whatever it takes. You want to, if they say something mean about you, your head and mind immediately wants to give them a piece of your head and mind. (laughs) But it says that we are not supposed to take it back. So verse 31, this is what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to do unto others as you would have them do to you. So in other words, if... They mistreat you or they do you bad or they do something to you. What are you supposed to do to them? React to them the same way you'd want them to react to you. Maybe they had a bad day. Or maybe they uh, were on drugs and stole something to you, from you. Or maybe they were uh, just mean to you that day. Or maybe they just were in a bad mood. Or maybe they, uh, maybe this. Maybe they just are a baby Christian and they reacted just like, we're not going to call any names, but it starts with a Y and ends with a, a U. Because they're not all sanctified and holy yet. 
and they acted just like starts with a Y and ends with a U that day. Has anybody in here ever lost their cool or lost their temper or, and said something they regretted or did something that they regretted? Well, how do you want people to react when you do that? Huh? You want them? Okay, let's, let's spill it out. How many of you is married in here? Okay. You married people. Have you ever taken any frustration out on your spouse? Ever, 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 ever. Ever. Ever, ever, ever. You ever had a bad day and the first person you jump on is the person closest to you, your spouse? Well, what do you want them to do? Just forget it and act like it didn't happen, right? Just ignore it and go on and, and just act like nothing ever happened, that you didn't chew them out just then. Just go... That didn't happen. I still love you. Hi, sweetie. But hi, how's it going? Like nothing happened, right? So what should you do for them? The very same thing. The very same thing. 32. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who are good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. And if you lend to those from whom you expect repayment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners expecting to be repaid in full. But love your enemies, do good to them, lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High, because He is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. Be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. Now, this next part is what I want you to start getting. Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the same measure you use, it will be measured to you again. Now, the Lord showed me something. I have been, the last year probably, Spending a lot of time studying the subject of judging. I've spent a lot of time looking at it. I've spent a lot of time thinking about it. And I have been absolutely surprised at what I've been seeing about it. Because I never thought about it this way. And I have been very, I'm not going to say I perfected it. But I have been very, very watchful about judging more lately. And you'll understand why by the time we get finished with this service today. Let's read Genesis verse 1, I mean chapter 1 verse 12 and then you'll understand it. The land produced vegetation Genesis 1:12. They've got it on the screen. It won't take me just a second. You don't even have to turn there. You'll see it. It's just a real short verse. The land produced vegetation, plants bearing seed. According to what? 
According to what? Their kind. And trees bearing fruit with seed according to what? Their kind. So when you plant a seed, what happens? When you plant a seed, it produces and you get a harvest of that. Say that with me. When I plant a seed, it grows and I reap a harvest of that. When I plant a seed, it grows and I reap a harvest of that. Now, what about judging? What about it? What happens if you see somebody in here and they're doing something wrong and your mind automatically goes, what an idiot. Maybe not today, because God doesn't have a microwave. (laughs) But it's coming back. And maybe the person you'd least want to is going to judge you. And maybe you condemn somebody and you say, you are just an imbecile. Even if it's your child. What's going to happen to you? Somebody is going to... What does condemnation produce? What does judging produce? What does forgiving produce? So do you see why I've been on this judging thing? We shouldn't judge our brother. We shouldn't judge our sister. We shouldn't judge our mother. We shouldn't judge our boss. We shouldn't judge our cousin. We shouldn't judge our neighbor. We shouldn't judge our husband, our wife. Because what's going to happen to us is the minute that we start doing that, that that is going to be what produces the next part of our life. The next things that are going on in our life is going to be what happens. Let's look at it in more detail. Are you ready? Let's read Matthew 7 and we're going to get into some exact explanations of it. Matthew 7 verse 11. If you then, though you are evil... Know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your Father in heaven give good things to those that ask Him? Here it is again. So in everything, do to others, this is NIV, sorry, what you would have them do to you. Now we always call that the what? Golden rule. So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. 
Now, here's where we get to the doors. So listen real carefully. Actually, yesterday, when I was starting to prepare this, I was reading this, and I told Dave, I said, I saw two doors, and I saw these pots and stuff, but then I read the verse again, and it said gates. So he went out and spent half a day looking for gates. But we couldn't find gates, so we wound up with doors, and that's why I saw doors. I, he looked at how, you kept looking for gates and couldn't find gates. That's why we saw the doors. I thought about it later. We found doors. Listen to the next verse. Enter through the narrow gate. Is this door more narrow than the other door? For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many enter through it. But small is the gate, and narrow is the road that leads to life, and only few find it. Now, when I was reading that, I I just kept reading it all in context, and I just kept reading it all in context. And everybody applies that to go into heaven. Don't they? But he didn't say going to heaven. Nowhere in there did it say going to heaven. It said, so in everything do unto others what you'd have them do unto you. For that sums up the law and the prophets. Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many enter through it. And small is the gate, and narrow is the road that leads to life, and only few find it. Is there any destruction in anybody's life here in this world? Is the devil destroying people's bodies every day? Is the devil destroying people's finances every day? Is the devil destroying people's minds every day? Is the devil destroying people's marriages every day? Is the devil destroying people's kids every day? So is there destruction going on here on this earth? So where does that say that the destruction is you going to hell? I don't see that it says and leads to the destruction of you going to hell. It says it entered through the narrow gate for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction and many enter through it. I think we could be entering to the wide gate on a daily basis. I think we're making a lot of choices that apply to our lives today that are causing us to enter this door and death is happening in our lives every single day instead of life. And it's not God's choice. He told us to choose what? He told us to choose this. So what we've got to do is we've got to get like, have you ever seen a racehorse? What do they do with a racehorse? They put blinders on it so that they can only see what is ahead of them. Now, if you could only see what was ahead of you, it wouldn't matter how narrow the gate was because you could only see what's ahead of you. Right? 
Can you fit through this door? Absolutely. But what causes us to end up over here at this door? Huh? Well, let's look at a few things. Let's look at a few things. Ephesians 4. This is the Amplified. Let's see if we're going we're gonna to pass some testing here today. Now, some people were given some signs. Don't let anybody see it just yet. But we're going to do something. Because everything we have is a seed. And everything we do is a seed. And I want to show you something, what's happening in people's lives. Ephesians 4 says, let's see if I can find my page here. Let all bitterness. Bitterness means anger and disappointment at being treated unfairly. Now, where's Mr. or Miss Bitterness? Would you please stand up? Come on. Come on down, Miss Bitterness. Just her sign. She's not really that way. She got bitter because somebody mistreated her. And she was disappointed about it. And she didn't get over it. And her not getting over that bitterness caused her to walk through this cursed door of death. These are the things that cause us to lose life in our lives every day. These are the things that, that it's saying whatever you would that men would do unto you, this is a seed that's being planted in her life. She got bitter at somebody, so she's going to take this bitterness seed and she's planting it in her life. There it is. It's in the ground now. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. All right. She can be seated. That's it. She's got bitterness planted in her life. What's going to happen to that? And what happens when stuff grows? Now we have somebody that's got some anger in their life. Who's got that? Come on down. Real quickly, whoever you are has got some anger in your life. See how quick we can get down here. we got lots of these. Let the next, anger means a strong feeling of annoyance. He got annoyed at somebody because they got his parking place. <laughs> or he got displeased at somebody because they didn't give him the contract that he wanted. Or he got uh, in hostility or disappointment, just total disappointment because somebody didn't do what he wanted them to do. Now, could he have gotten over that? But he chose not to get over it. Now, do you see why there's such a difference in these two doors? People are constantly choosing death in their life on a daily basis instead of life. And that's why the road is broad on this side and narrow on this side. We are sowing death seeds in our lives every day. Because the devil knows it. He is the master of feelings. So go ahead and plant your anger in the garden because it's going to grow. Because these are seeds in our life. 
disappointment, a feeling of sadness or displeasure. Anybody ever got angry? Did you plant a seed in your life? What about... uh, Anger goes on to say, a non-fulfillment of one's hopes and expectations, which equals hurt. We got somebody hurt in here? Come on down. She got hurt. Somebody hurt her feelings. And not only did she get hurt... She carried that hurt for decade and decade and decade and decade. What does carrying hurt for decade and decade and decade do in your life? Cursing and death. It's planted in her life, so go ahead and plant it. Are we planting a garden over here? What's going to happen to this garden? When you plant something, it... It grows. It grows. All these seeds are growing in our life. And that's why this way is happening, death and destruction. That's why people say the Word doesn't work. It's not that the Word doesn't work. It's that God told us to do certain things, and we're still yielding to these other things. We're still opening the door by doing these other things. Let's look at some other things Ephesians 4.31 says. Indignation. Indignation is anger or annoyance. Come on up, indignation, whoever you are. It's provoked or perceived by unfair treatment. It's described as the opposite emotion of respect. Even though it's become synonymous with anger or uh, the opposite of gratitude, or being thankful. Uh, It doesn't appreciate anything, basically. Indignation. But you know what? He got indignant about it. But he got home and he got to thinking about it. And he thought, I have no right to be indignant with those people. God knows better than that. They didn't really mean what they were doing. They didn't really mean that. So he got a little love with his, and he was able to go through the other side. So that love covered that indignation. (laughs) And that it just fell to the wayside. So you can throw your indignation on the side. There you go. And his love covered it. He said, I'm just going to walk in love with them, even though they treated me that way. And they were disrespectful to me. And they abused me. I'm still going to walk in love with him. And he planted some love. So what's he got growing in his life? Love. Love. How many of you don't like bad seeds growing in your life? Well, listen to some other ones. These people come up here. Uh, Let's see. Quarreling and slander and hostility. Come on up here. Let's plant these seeds. You ever had any of these things growing in your life? Watch them keep coming. And uh, resentment and jealousy and a bad temper and demanding and annoyance. Anybody ever had these? Don't raise your hand. (laughs) Gossip. Oh, yeah. Anybody ever sowed any gossip? 
We got all these seeds growing in people's lives. Annoyance is an unpleasant mental state that's characterized by such effects as irritation, and it's very distracting in one's conscious thinking. It can lead to emotions of frustration and anger. So are we going to plant all these things in our life? Have we been planting them? So who's winning in our lives? Do you understand why broad is the path? Do you understand why so many Christians' lives are failing? Because all the devil has to do is whoever has a sign, go ahead and bring it up here. I can read them all. Um, Resentment, quarreling, let's see. Uh, malice, slander, I don't know if I... Uh, late. You ever planted lateness? Huh? Uh-huh. Look at He's hiding his face. What, what is he? What is he? Procrastination. See, he's coming in late. Look at him. Look at him. Coming in late. Uh-huh. Legalistic. Who's Mr. Legalistic or Miss Legalistic? Come on down. Uh-huh. Come on down. We even got some kids coming on down. See, they've done some things too. Hold your sign up, sweetheart, so they can see it. Oh, she's late. Look at her. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. If you have a sign on those, come on down. Come on down. Hold your sign up, cuteness. So they can see it. Hold it up real high. Yeah, don't hide your face. Yeah, there you are. <laughs> what does her sign say? Legalistic. Legalistic. Okay. Have we ever planted any one of these seeds? Bitterness, anger, hurt, slander, jealousy, resentment, quarreling, bad temper, hostility. Have we ever been demanding? Have we ever got annoyed with anybody? Don't hold up your hand. I tell you what we should do. Okay, here we go. You should go stand behind your sign. Oh. Oh. Uh-huh. I think I'd probably have to stand behind every one of them at some point in time in my life. And so who wins these battles? We have seed. Plant your seed in the ground. We have seed in the ground for each and every one of these things in our lives. But now we have a few people. Hand me these right here. We have a few people that go and take yours and plant it love. He decides instead of being annoyed, he's going to go and plant some love on it. He decided instead of being a gossip, he's going to quit being a gossip and talking about him. He's decided he's going to be on time from now on. So go plant it in the other side. And these guys decided the same thing. Go to the other side and plant your love. And go to the other side and quit being legalistic with everybody. Do you know if you're legalistic with people, people are going to be legalistic with you. If you have to fill out every dot and line, if you have to do everything just exacting, when you do something, nobody's going to fill in that line for you when you have to fill out a form. They're going to call you all the way back downtown and make you come there and fill it out. Because you're planting that kind of seed. I would rather plant this garden. 
rather plant this than all these things over here. Why do you think this door is so narrow? Because all the devil has to do is go, feel this. You're mad at them. Feel this. You're annoyed at them. Did you see what they said about you in the newspaper? Get upset. Get hurt. Get annoyed. These are all words that we live with every single day of our lives. And every single day of our lives, we have about one second to make a choice. Are we going to get annoyed? Are we going to get hurt? Are we going to lose our temper? Are we going to get hostile with people? Have you ever gone into a place of business and they are just rude as rude can be? And the first thing you do is be rude back. I don't know. Where's Tom? Is he back there in the back? Or did he have to go deal with the kids? Anyway, the other day, we were dealing with something, and it's happened to me a hundred times. It's happened to Tom. It's happened to Dave. It's probably happened to every person in here. We go into a place of business. We, I forget where we were the other day. We were in a place of business. We did our whole thing with them. And when we got ready to leave, they said... It sure was nice waiting on some superstars today. And we went, what? We watch you on TV all the time. Now, what if we'd have been short with them? What if we'd have been demanding with them? What if we'd have been rude with them? They didn't tell us that till one foot was out the door and we'd been with them three hours. Doing business. What if we'd have lost our cool? And some of these people, I'm telling you, they'll do everything they can to press your buttons. Everything they can. Because they want to see what's in you. They want to see if you really are one of those Christian people like you say. They want to see what's living inside you. But any time that one of those things arises, the fastest and easiest and best way to overcome it is just as soon as it happens. Don't yield to it one second. Stop it then. Because the longer you go with it and the more your mind thinks on it, the bigger it gets. Because seeds grow. And if you think you've got a right to be annoyed at your sister because she took all of your mom's and dad's inheritance, God can bring you that money back ten times over. A hundred times over. But not so long as you're annoyed or bitter or hostile. You lose it. But if you sow love into them, he's got an opportunity to override all these things. And you start going through this door of blessing instead of cursing. But so long as you're living in all these things, everything that happens in your life is this word. Cursing and death. In those areas of your life. You're receiving for bitterness, you're receiving cursing and death. I think it's your mom that said that. Well, the, the container, what's that saying she said? Uh, she said something about uh, bitterness corrodes. Is the poison you swallow? Hoping it hurts somebody else. 
is the poison you swallow hoping it hurts somebody else. And somebody else said this. I thought it was your mom. You told me one time. Said it corrodes the container that it's in. It doesn't corrode the other person. It eats you alive on the inside. All these things over here, the hurt, the anger, the quarreling. Most of the time, we just last week, we got a letter from somebody that said, Brother Keith, I'm asking you to forgive me. I have been mad at you for 25 years. And he told the exact instance. He remembered the exact day, the exact time, the exact place that it happened. Now, 25 years holding anger and bitterness inside of you will do what to you? I mean, there's scriptures all about it. What is rottenness of bones? Cancer. I mean, we need to realize that's death in our life. It is eating us alive. And so many people, that's what that verse is talking about. Enter through the narrow gate... For it's wide. How many people actually, when something comes up in their life, they don't feel like, like, it's my right. I demand my rights. I have a right to give them a piece of my mind. That was my money. It was my things. It's my respect. Well, you just went through this door. And destruction's headed your way. Where if you can stand upright and say, you know what? I've been a baby myself sometimes. And I've said and done things I wished I wouldn't have said and done. I've thought things I shouldn't have thought. I'm just going to walk in love with them. And I'm going to say, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Who is our example? And we walk in love and we do it just like water off a duck's back. And we say, oh, God, just forgive them. They didn't mean it anyway. And begin to pray for them. We go through this door, the blessings. And what starts happening to us? That thing we've been believing for for 30 years starts happening in our life. That thing we've been wanting to happen in our life, just, I mean, just out of the blue, the person we're not even thinking about comes and knocks on our door and says, you've been needing a new car? (laughs) Do you know there's a lot, a lot, a lot of rich people in the world? Yes. And it wouldn't take nothing for them to come and knock on your door. Do you know how quick it could be that God could come along and he could touch your body and heal you just like that? Tomorrow morning you could wake up and not a symptom in your body. It doesn't take God any time to do anything for us. It's us that's holding back God from doing things in our life. Because he's trying his best. He said choose life. He told us what to choose. But so many of us are choosing the death. Every single day we wake up and the devil makes sure that the very thing that would cause us to choose death comes across our path. And we have to make a choice. Now, there's not a lot of people that are strong enough when somebody says the one thing that annoys them and talks about their kids or talks about their spouse or talks about their money or steals money from them is strong enough just to say, nope, I'm going to forgive them. But you have the Holy Spirit inside you. And if you look to Him, He'll make you strong. He'll gird you up. 
But you have to choose. He said, do what? Choose. You have to choose. It's a choice that you make. Somebody else can't choose for you. Not your husband, not your wife, not your brother, not your sister. When that circumstance comes along and somebody comes in and they're going to take your place and they're doing your job and they're getting all the credit for it. And you're the one that did all the work. Huh? What are you going to do? You know the right answer, but what are you going to do? Huh? We don't want death and destruction. We don't want evil things being able to work in our life. And if we have anything evil working in our lives, it's because we sowed it somewhere along the way. God, I mean, that's what happens. God is such a good, 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 merciful, faithful, true, wonderful Father God. But do you know what? He can't keep you against you. He tells us to choose life. He tells us to choose the good things. He tells you what to sow. He is a God that has to be fair. And if you've got somebody that is never judging anybody, and you've got somebody that's never criticizing anybody, or never gossiping against anybody, or never being bitter against anybody, or anger against anybody, or never wallowing in their bed all weak and hurt, their doors are not open for the destroyer to come in and destroy them. But when you yield to the devil, you've planted seed with the devil and he can come in and destroy you. It's not God destroying you. He's saying to do what? He's saying to choose life. But when we plant that seed, whose side are we on? And we give him access to our lives when we do this. When we plant this seed, now, let's look at some other seeds. You want to plant some other seeds in your life? Let's do it. Let's look at the fruit of the Spirit. You ready for those? Galatians 5. It says, love. Who's got that one? Did did we give anybody a loved one? Okay, we got all those loved ones. Let's see what it says. Okay. Love gives freely without thinking if someone deserves it or not. If you have to check in your mind and say, well, they didn't do this for me. Your spouse, or they mistreated me. Or your kids, or your employer. It's not true love. Love gives to people whether they deserve it or not. It's love. It's not a feeling. Okay, the next one is joy. Who's got the joy? Run down here, Joy. Joy. Joy is not happiness. Joy is something that you have all the time. Here comes the joy. Joy, joy, joy down in his heart. Plant your joy in there with that love. He's got joy. See his smile on his face? He's got joy. Yes. 
Joy is something that you are because you know God. It's not, joy is not moved by what happens today, good or bad. It's a product of your love and focus on God. Joy is just who you are. I mean, we deal with stuff all the time, and you have to have joy. It's your strength. It's who you are. The next thing is peace. Who's got peace? Who's our peace person? Come on down, peace. Run down here. Peace. Now listen to this carefully. Get this. Peace is not the absence of problems or turmoil. Peace is the presence of tranquility in the midst of chaos. Plant your peace in there. Did you get that? Peace is not the absence of problems. A lot of people say, I have to go here to get some peace. But peace is not the absence of problems. Peace is what you carry inside you in the midst of a problem. You can bring peace in the midst of turmoil. You can walk in loaded with peace because you spent time with the Lord. And every time you bring these things into a situation, what are you bringing into your life? You're planting peace. Every time you overcome something and you give joy or you give peace to somebody, what are you doing? You're planting that into your life, into their life, so you're going through this door and good things are going to be happening for you. No matter what the certain situation is, maybe the situation was turmoil and maybe they were chewing you out and maybe there was chaos. But you say, you know what? I know it was, it was bad and, and, you know, and you, you stole all the money. You did. You stole it from us. But you know what? We believe you'll be able to get it back to us at some point. You minister peace. You give them a way out. You figure out a way to minister some joy to them. You minister love. And what are you planting? You planting some mercy with them too. And some forgiveness with them. And it can come back to you that very same way. Okay, long-suffering. Did we have long-suffering as one of them? Uh, We called it another word. I think we called it patience. 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 Here comes some patience. Now that's a big one right there. Give that one to Dave. Dave's got this one for driving in traffic. We're going to give him some patience for driving in traffic. He has really grown in this area. If you've ever ridden ridden with him, is this right, guys? Yeah, he's grown. He used to talk to every car that was on the road. What are you doing? Who gave you that driver's license? Where did you get that? And you didn't know if he was talking to you. You were talking to him on the phone or something, and he's just constantly talking about something else. Isn't that right? But now he doesn't do it anymore. He has become Mr. Patience. So he's sewing it to everybody on the road. Isn't that so kind? And I think probably he gets less behind those kind of people anymore. You know? So that's a good thing, right? Are in the grocery store line. You know? Or with your kids. 
or with your spouse. You want to sow what you want to reap. Have you been reaping a lot of people that don't have any patience? What you've been sowing? Huh? Huh? I want to sow a lot of patience with people. A lot, a lot of patience because I like things done very fast. And yesterday. So, uh, slow down. Huh, Dan? Me and Dan are a lot alike. I think Dan and me have gotten in trouble more about moving too fast than anything we've ever done. Because we like it done yesterday. And that wasn't soon enough. Maybe last month. Yeah. So, uh, patience is one of our strong points. Yeah. We're going to confess that and we're going to sow it lots. All right? So, um, then the next one, humility. Patience means that you just put up with stuff out of people. You'll just put up with it. What if, what if they just keep doing the same thing over and over and over again and you've asked them to stop doing it 150 times? Let me ask you this question. How many times has God asked you to change something? Or to fix something? Huh? Would you want him to have some patience with you? Yes. What you got there, Larry? Oh, Mr. Humble. He's going to sow humility with people. So he's going to plant some good seed and go through the narrow door. How many of you want some humility sown to you? Yeah, not people coming to you in pride and haughtiness. Going to sow some humility. Um, the next one is uh, gentleness. It's a kindness that looks, this is a really good one, that looks for a way to adapt to others. Now let me explain this one to you, and you'll see if you, don't raise your hand, but that if, here he comes, Mr. Gentleness. (laughs) Gentleness. Okay, think about this and see if you've done it. Have you ever driven through a drive-thru? Hmm? Have they ever gotten your order 16 ways to wrong from Sunday? Okay. Kindness looks for a way to adapt to others. In other words, if they call it a Big Mac, what should you call it? If they call it a Whopper, what should you call it? If they call it a chicken nugget, what should you call it? Not a small piece of chicken. Do you understand what I'm saying? If they call it special sauce, you shouldn't say Thousand Island dressing. (laughs) Do you understand what I'm saying? We look for ways. If they call it a Mr. Pibb, you don't say a Dr. Pepper. Mm -hmm. You look for ways to adapt to the people that are around you. That's gentleness. That's kindness. Instead of getting frustrated with them that they don't do it the way you want it, we are lovers. We walk in love. We walk in gentleness. We walk in kindness. And maybe they gave you the hot sauce instead of the mild and you have to burn your mouth. You ever done anything? Messed up on anything? Absolutely we have. So we're going to sow some kindness. And do you know how much they get paid? You should turn around and go back and give them a tip is what you should do when they mess it up and say, thank you for serving me today. Standing on your feet for 14 hours. That's what we should do. So you can sell that, Mr. Caleb. Goodness. 
Who's got goodness? Do we have the goodness one? Uh, no, I think we called it something else. Um, self-control. Or kindness. I think it was kindness. Kindness. You got kindness? Good. Kindness. It's the soft side, and it desires to see the good in others. Instead of always seeing people's faults, we're looking for the good in them. Wouldn't you like for people to see? How many of you have the gift of fault finding? (laughs) Some people think that's a ministry. (laughs) Fault finding ministry. There ain't no such thing. Any sinner can do that. Where the gift is, is the kindness. Where you can see people's faults and you overcome those faults. And you sow kindness instead of... When they're standing there being short and rude, you can plant your kindness into them. Because, you know, there's a lot of people that's been living this life for a very long time. And they're tired. And they're hurting. And if we can plant some of these things into their life, and give them a good day, maybe it'll make it easier on them. Give me a love thing. For them to take that hurt and pull it out and go over here. Maybe they've been hurt for a long time. But you keep planting your love into them over and over and over every day. And you keep loving on them no matter how bitter they are towards you and how hurt they are at somebody else. And you keep loving on them and loving on them. Eventually what's going to happen? That hurt will go away. And love will take its place. Because of you. We can take people that were cursed. And bad things happening in their life. And bitterness. And we can take it and we can get it out of people. Because we keep sowing love in their life. We keep sowing good things in their life. Maybe it's your spouse, maybe it's your sister, maybe it's your brother. Do you know people will listen to love when they won't listen to preaching, scripture? They'll listen to kindness. They'll listen to a hug. When they won't listen to you, tell them one scripture or say the word G-O-D. They'll listen to that love. And it'll overpower everything else that's going on. You can take that love and plant it on top of every one of these things here. You can take every one of these out and stick it over here in this love. And what's going to happen? Any one of these. Anger. You plant it in this love, it's going to fall aside. You plant slander, people talking bad about you. You plant it in that love, it falls aside. Any one of these bad things, no matter how bad you were at these things, you start putting love on top of it with other people, and it starts coming up, and this garden starts growing. And you want to know the thing about the fruit of the Spirit? You want to know the good thing about the fruit of the Spirit? I was sitting out on my back porch yesterday studying, and our staff gave us some fruit trees. And I'm sitting out there, and I'm looking at these fruit trees, and they're baby fruit trees. I mean, they're not big around hardly as this podium right here. They're just a little bit bigger than that. And they have got fruit all over them. They're just growing and growing and growing. Because the thing about the things of God are with the devil, he can add. He adds and he'll add a little trouble for you and 
cursing for you on your hostility and things get bad. But you know what God is? Mm, but He's even better than that. God is. Go ahead and get that out back there for me. And let me explain what God is to you. You're going to like it. God is. Not only did you plant that seed, He's a multiplier. And He makes it grow fast. You ever seen anything God did that He didn't do good and He didn't multiply? He don't grow one grain of corn. You plant one grain of corn in the ground and what happens? You ever seen a fruit tree? How many of you here in Florida have a fruit tree in your yard? Raise your hand. How many of those fruit trees grow one orange, one mango, one avocado, one grape, fruit, whatever? How many? What, one, one, one. How many of them grow hundreds on there? Raise your hand. It just grows. And that's the way God is. This is the fruit of the Spirit. Any fruit of the Spirit we got left out there? Come on up here. What's that one? Self-control. Whoa. That's a good fruit of the Spirit. And it multiplies. And when you plant the fruit of the Spirit, you can go ahead and plant it. God can multiply it back in your life. Maybe you've been sowing this other stuff. But when you plant the fruit of the Spirit and you start planting it on a daily basis, maybe you have been messing up every day and you've been getting cursing in your life. You don't have to anymore. Immediately start thinking, I'm not planting that in my life anymore. And start planting love and start planting patience and peace and self-control. Override those other things and start getting God's blessings in your life. And you'll start seeing the destruction in your life start going away and the life come into your life. Enter in through the narrow gate or the narrow door. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Let me read you these last two verses. And I think we'll end with that. James 3 says, verse 16, For where envying and strife are, there is confusion and every evil work. So if there's envying and strife in your marriage, you've opened the door to destruction. you got to get it out. Somebody has to start. Somebody in that relationship, whether it's a family matter or a marriage, somebody has to get them aside. And if they have to walk around the house just like this all the time, <laughs> I'm serious. Because where there is those things happening, envying and strife, the devil is manifest his presence in there. You've got to get this working in there. And somebody has to start it. There's got to be some love started growing in there. And sometimes love, I mean, it does multiply, but when you plant a seed, do you see a result overnight? God's good to us. And He does grow things fast in our life. But sometimes it takes more than just overnight for things to start changing. So we have to start making them happen, happening in our lives. Hebrews 12, 15. Looking diligently, lest any man should fall from the grace of God, 
Lest any root of bitterness springing up in you trouble you and thereby defile many. Not only do these things affect you. Not only do all these cursings and death affect you. Not only have you yielded to them, but when you yield to them, you can cause other people around you to yield to them. Because you'll start talking them. You'll say, you'll do the gossip thing. You'll start saying, did you see what they did? You can't keep it inside because that's the way the devil is. When you're bitter at somebody, you want everybody to know that they're bad. When you're mad at somebody, you want everybody to know what they did to you. When you're hurt with somebody, you want everybody to know how mean they were to you. So what happens is, not only are you defiled, you begin to defile everybody around you, and it spreads like a cancer. And it not only hurts you, but it hurts this one, and 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 this, and anybody that will listen to you. But guys, we need to be smarter than that. And when people start coming to us and talking about other people, we need to go, because what happens is, you end up in that category over there. Because you are listening to the defilement. You're listening to the death. You need to stay over here in this narrow door. And you need to keep those blinders on. You need to say, I can't hear that. I don't want to hear that. It's narrow. I, I can't hear that. And realize you're not strong enough to hear that. And if you think you are, you're deceived. Because the devil will play you and he'll plant a seed in you. And maybe today it didn't bother you. But then he'll send somebody else along and he'll say, Did you know Miss Phyllis said this? I don't believe that. I love Miss Phyllis. Well, so you brushed it off. So next week he's going to send somebody else. Did you know Miss Phyllis did this? I saw it. I saw it. Did you know Miss Phyllis was doing this when I saw her? None of it's true. But they're bitter about something else. And the devil will flat wear you down. He'll just wear you down. Whether it's true or it's not true. He'll start it in on Rob. He'll start it in on you. He'll start it in on you. And whether it's a family member or a co-worker, you've just got to keep your blinders on and you've just got to say, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. I don't believe it about them. I don't believe it. And keep your blinders on and just say, love. The reason that you want to do that, listen carefully why you want to do that. Get a clue. You don't want to judge Miss Phyllis. Whether I messed up or not, whether I blew it or not, you don't want to judge me. Because you don't want to be judged. You want to sow some love. Because you may mess up. You may mess up worse than me. You may mess up less than me. But you're going to mess up sometimes. I'm sorry. People mess up. They make mistakes. 
And do you want it broadcast everywhere? Or do you want, if you mess up, for it to be squelched right then and nobody find out about it? Amen. Then that's what you want to sow. So when people come talking to you and telling you things, you say, you know what? They, they put it under the guise of let's pray for them. Just say, you know what? I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. Uh, nah, 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 nah. I don't want to hear it. Then you have sowed yourself some mercy and some grace and some forgiveness and some love because you could mess up. And what if somebody goes and lies to your boss about you? You don't want that. You want mercy. You want grace. You want to be able to go to the blessings and the life in your life. You don't want destruction in your life. You want blessing. So which door are y'all going to choose? Part of you is going to choose life. The rest of you didn't even say nothing. Which door are you going to choose? Branson, which door are you going to choose? Let's see what they say. Wait, Branson, which door are you going to choose? That's what we thought. That's just what we thought. For real, guys, the devil is mean. He's a mean, mean devil, and he's constantly putting pressure. One of the verses in one of the translations says he's constantly pressuring and constraining and, and binding you to make the choice to go through the wide door. And that's what he does is he presses us to do the wrong thing. He presses us, but God's not a presser. But the devil is a presser, and he'll constantly be pressing you to make the wrong choice. But you're stronger than that, and you can make the right choice. Stand up on your feet. Maybe all the props.